Hey everyone, it's Lucy and welcome back to Teen Speak Up. In today's episode, I talked to Sophia and Kai, who are both the co-founders of Baking for Our Rights. Baking for Our Rights is an organization that has bake sales all across New York City to raise money for organizations such as Planned Parenthood and other reproductive rights organizations. Before we start, I did want to do a little political update about everything that's going on in our world, so let's get into that. So to start out everything, there is a potential Middle East war. Um, Earlier this week, Donald Trump had sent out the U.S. Army to um, Iran, Iran, oh my gosh, Iran, and killed um, one of the highest authority figures there, which is very, it it was a very bad idea um, because now... We have enemies. Um, not that Iran was our best friend, but now we're definitely not best friends with Iran. A lot of people think that U.S. citizens will be drafted to war. I don't believe so. That is my personal belief, though. Um, so obviously my opinions are not facts. But I will say that um, it's possible, but it's more of like an 80% probably not and a 20% yes. There are strikes and protests happening all over the country. There was one in California yesterday and there's one happening in City Hall today in New York. I definitely think that war could be the Trump administration's way to distract from the impeachment trials. But um, is that the most effective way? Absolutely not. It just shows why Trump is more unfit. I don't even know if that's a word, but not fit for president. He is, this is just like awful. And I don't know why he would ever want more. Um, But Republicans are definitely liking what he's doing. So that's lovely. And then there are also the Australian bushfires that are happening, which is absolutely devastating. Over a billion animals have been killed and several people have been injured. Currently, I'm aware that there are 24 people being questioned in terms of starting the bushfires, um, which is so messed up. I don't know how you could ever live with that on your conscience. Like, uh, I don't understand but um, definitely look in the news for more updates on that. I don't have a lot of information on that, but I do know what's going on in terms of like animals and stuff. And it's very sad. I've been seeing very a lot of things on Instagram with like tons of animals on like the side of the road when people are driving, trying to like evacuate. And so many houses have been burnt down and it's, it's devastating. And my heart definitely really goes out to um, Australia. That's definitely not the only thing that I could do. Not my only my my thoughts and prayers. Um, but I think starting with thoughts and prayers and then action or thoughts and prayers and action is very effective. And um, we shouldn't all only say our thoughts and prayers are, are with Australia. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent. And then a little bit of fun, some um, pop culture stuff. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are leaving the royal family, which is very, it's like, okay. (laughs) That's like sad. But also I understand why it's probably very 
overwhelming and like you would probably want space from the royal family so i understand why prince harry and Meghan markle are doing that um Meghan markle is like a queen i love her she said some very powerful things in the last couple months um and i definitely like her with prince harry but that's not really politics it's more some pop culture stuff anyway i had so much fun talking to the girls from baking for our rights and let's get into the episode so sophia and kai why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves okay so my name is sophia i am a freshman at binghamton um, where i study environmental law and policy and political science um, I am director of operations at Period New York City, and I also am the co-founder of Baking for Our Rights. Um, you got this one now, Kai. <laughs> um, I'm Kai, I'm 20 years old, and I'm an actress and the director of PR at Period NYC, and also a co-founder for Baking for Our Rights. And yeah, I grew up in New York. Fun. Um, so how did you guys two meet? How did you? Guys, <laughs> we how met. did you guys two meet? Wait, it's a correct sentence. <laughs> if that was correct, okay, I I'm think it was. <laughs> um, how did you two meet? We met at Girl Scouts. Probably. Oh, that's so cute. I know when we were like thirteen or fourteen. I was like twelve or thirteen when we met. We were babies because she's yeah. two years younger than me. Um, and so we were in Girl Scouts together for a couple years, and after it ended, we didn't really hang out. Like, we never really hung out outside of it to begin with, but after it ended, we didn't hang out at all yeah. until this year, basically. And now oh, we wow. see each other multiple times a week. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I also work out together. Yeah, we work out. <laughs> that's so fun. We'll be like, let's go get coffee. <laughs> <laughs> How and when did you guys come up with the idea for Baking for Our Rights? So last year after the, after the abortion bans were kind of enacted in Georgia and Alabama, um, I kind of wanted to do something, but I wasn't really sure what. And where I went to high school, a lot of kids did bake sales for fundraising for their clubs or organizations. Um, so I reached out to Kai and was like, hey, do you want to do this thing? Because she'd been asking me to like meet up and do some like ad, like advocate stuff. And, um, and then we kept posting about it. And then... Just kind of after that, it snowballed, and yeah. we had other girls ask to be on the team, and like we had people reaching out to donate, and then um, after the first one, I was like, okay, good job, everyone. Like, see you later. And they're like, all right, like when's the next one? Like, what's the next? Like, what's the next step for our plan? And I was like, okay, like I didn't know we were doing this, so it was a little bit of an accident, in my opinion, um, but it was like a it was like a happy accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got involved when she, when she got involved. Yeah, we yeah. had kind of, I think we'd just been sharing things on our Instagram about the abortion bans and reproductive health in general, and we would always be replying to each other, and mm-hmm. I eventually, one of us texted the other one, and we were like, we should do something, and someone suggested a big sale, I think it was Sophia, and we agreed on it, and we th- genuinely thought it would be like a one-time thing, and it would yeah. be super casual. And then I remember showing up for the bake sale and we had like 20 people there and we raised a ton of money and then people wanted another one. So we just kept going and yeah, yeah, it was the happiest accident, (laughs) honestly. No, that's awesome. I think that, I mean, Teens Pick Up kind of was an accident as well. Yeah, Yeah, not an accident. It was just very random. I woke up one morning and was like, I'm going to start a podcast. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to start an organization. That's so cute, though. I love, like, 
It was just like random ideas turning into something. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times yeah. that'll be like the best thing that you ever do is when it comes like out of nowhere. Yeah, that's so true. Um, so can you guys highlight some of the milestones that Baking for Our Rights has achieved since you guys founded it? I mean, I definitely think that we're still like a little baby organization. Like it hasn't even been going a year and we were away for the summer. But I think the thing that I'm the most proud of and probably the thing that kept us keep like going in terms of doing bake sales was that our first bake sale we raised like about $2,000 wow. and the next one we raised a little um, over a thousand. A little over a thousand. Awesome. And so we realized that there was a lot of momentum around reproductive health. And I think also a lot of the ways that people got involved, like people were genuinely like they wanted to take pictures of us and they, you know, wanted to get involved and people were so supportive of us. And I think that really gave us a great sign to keep moving forward. And so mm-hmm. now we have like a whole team and we've got a huge plan for the new year. And yeah, we're still babies, but I think we have a lot coming, and I'm excited yeah. for everything we have coming. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Where do you guys have these big sales? So we kind of, like, move around. We do them and hope that we don't get in trouble with the police. Not <laughs> <laughs> having a permit. Yeah, exactly. pretty much. Um, our first one, we did at Washington Square Park, and mm-hmm. then we had to, like, move right outside. Because they told you to? Yeah, yeah. and we were like, we you don't need a permit. Um, and then we did one by Brooklyn Bridge Park, and then we did one, where was it? Oh, then we did one by Lincoln School, Columbus Circle, Columbus, Columbus Circle. Circle. Um, yeah, and so. And that was the one time that we didn't get talked to by yeah. cops, like, even though we were on kind of, like, park property. Like, we saw them, like, walk by, and we were like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> they didn't bother us. They, like, That's didn't even good. look in our direction. Yeah. Yeah, so we just kind of, like, move around. We always announce it, like, on our Instagram, like, a few mm-hmm. weeks before, and, like, we just keep it up, like. Yeah. Like, we're going to be announcing our next one. What like, do you guys think 2020 holds for? Um. So a much. lot of exciting <laughs> things. We are planning a Galentine's Day in February when yeah. I'm home from school for the Rex Orange County concert. <laughs> yes. So I'm, we're going to host that. Wait, that's on the 8th, right? Mm, yeah, well, I'm going, I'm, going. I'm, I'm going on the 7th. I'm going on the 7th. To the radio So I'm going on the 7th, and then the next day we're hosting Galentine's Day, and then I have to babysit in the evening, and then I'm like leaving the next morning. Oh, wow. Um, She's hustling. Wow. I know. <laughs> um, so we're doing a Valentine's Day just to kind of like do I don't know something indoors and like do mm-hmm. something kind of fun and interesting and it'll be for Black History Month so we're donating to um, I think we had one picked out but I don't remember we what had it was a couple but it was for pretty much Black women and like entrepreneurship or yeah. um, just kind of like advocacy stuff um, and then we always donate to Planned Parenthood yeah so we do half and half most of the time. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. We have um, so much. Yeah, and we're going to do something for the election, and then, like, pretty much just every month, like, we're doing at least Pride month. Yeah, we're doing something for, for sure. Pride, for sure. We're doing something for International Women's Day. Um, and then during the summer, we'll do, like, bi-weekly yeah. events. It's, like, a lot easier to do when it's warm out, because yeah. people want to hang around. Oh, yeah, definitely. Talk. That's awesome. Um, so, going more into the... Um, into the oh my gosh <laughs> into lgbt inclusivity within feminist and abortion access movements um 
Why do you think that LGBT voices are excluded out of the feminist and abortion access movements? I think that's a very complicated issue because a lot goes into it. One of them, one of the things being just straight up transphobia and a lot of bigotry and people purposefully excluding or ignoring LGBTQ voices within the movement. And I think it's also something that is newer to the discussion like now we're talking about it and I know it's like a lot of bigger activists talking about it but I think even like 10 years ago we wouldn't have had at least this many discussions about it and it Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been at the forefront of a lot of our discourse on it and I think because it's newer like people are still trying to like figure out exactly how to be inclusive Um, when we're dealing with, like, a lot of people that probably are a bit older and not as used to, like, talking about things in such an inclusive way because I think abortion rights have become, like, a very, like, white feminist type of um, centered issue. And a lot of the voices that matter the most and are impacted the most by abortion access or restrictions on abortion access are not upper middle class white women yeah Yeah, even though they do matter but I think there's a lot of that and I also think that just the language around abortions for so long it's it's the reason that abortions are restricted so much is because they were you know it seems like a woman's issue if it was a man's issue like there would be no problem getting an abortion. Say women's reproductive rights. Yeah, and I have to like stop myself. To yeah, stop. yeah, it's hard because a lot of the language we've that's grown what up been with. For yeah, so long. yeah, and, and when you have think, to like actively adjust it. And yeah. it's hard. And, yeah, and when you think of like reproductive health, you think of women and like pregnancy, and like mm-hmm. you don't really think of like men or anyone in between, like trans men or people who are gender queer. Like yeah, it's just like you. Like, even, like, Planned Parenthood, they still very much advocate for, like, women's rights. And, Mm -hmm. like, like even ACLU, too. Like, even though they're pretty, like, open and, like, woke, (laughs) quote-unquote, they still very much, like, say, like, women's rights. Yeah. And I think um, it's... Sorry, I didn't cut you off. I think um, also a lot of the times when you're dealing with people who disagree with abortion rights, the language they use is very much, you know, women's health care, women's yeah, rights. It's very gender. Women shouldn't have the ability to get an abortion. Um, and I think because of that, you have to counteract it a lot of the time with the same language that they use because if you're like, well, people who need abortions and they, like, don't take it seriously. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like, look at this snowflake. And it's, yeah. just, it's a very complicated um, issue. And I think I, I think we're on the way to fixing it, though. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. How do you guys, as an organization and as Baking for Our Rights, uh, make sure that those voices are represented? I think we try to be very cognizant of the language that we use. Mm -hmm. Like, when we first started, we definitely used a lot of very gendered language about Mm -hmm. um, reproductive health and abortion access, like, talking about females and women. But then later, we just kind of realized that we need to start being more aware of what we're saying and how it just kind of further, like pushing a trope of, like, only mm-hmm. women get it and, like, only women need it. When, in reality, that's not true. Like, a lot of genderqueer and trans men still need, you know, reproductive health care mm-hmm. um, and need access to abortion. So. What do you guys think that the feminist movement could do in the future to ensure that there 
LGBT community is represented in regards to abortion access? I think the number one thing we can do is what we're doing right now, which is talk about it and make sure that people are aware of the way that they might be excluding people from the discussion. But I think another thing that's very important, while it's very important that you know us as cis women discuss how we can be more inclusive, I think also centering the voices of trans men and non-binary people is equally as important, if not more important, because they're the ones who actually have the perspective on what they need and what, what will help them and how certain things within the movement might make them feel. So I think starting with discussions and centering people um, who are everyone who's affected by it, I think is the first big step we can take and making sure that the language we use is inclusive. And I also think that like it's not only the... the um the abortion access movement oh, it's yeah. so many other movements yeah. so yeah, much. Not, like the period movement like i remember um sometimes when i'm like making a post or i'm like talking mm-hmm. about it i forget to say menstruators instead, yeah. of, instead of women yeah um but that's just like a common mistake like we i feel like we also can't beat ourselves up for just making oh like, for a, sure a mistake that we're so used to hearing um but yeah, yeah. so um how do you guys respond to people who advocate against the right to an abortion? Um, I mean, we've gotten pretty lucky where mm-hmm. we just don't really get it that much. Mm-hmm. I think also, which is partly caused because we're in New York City and there's a lot of liberal people or people who like are just not really bothered by it at least. Yeah. Um, so we've gotten it a few times. We've only gotten like one really aggressive person who was like... You know, they're killing babies, like, they're ripping babies out of, like, women's vaginas, and, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, so... Was that just, like, out of bake sale? Um, yeah, yeah, it was at our last one. And then there was, like, a protest going on on, like, the other side of, like, where we were, and it was, like, for anti-fascism in Bolivia. Or was it? It was Bolivia. Uh, yeah, it was Bolivia. Um, and he started bothering them, so we were like, okay, he's just, like, a nut job. Um, just trying to just antagonize everyone. Yeah, so, I mean... I think a lot of it just comes from, like, ignorance and, like, lack of information. Like, yeah. we're not ripping babies out of women's vaginas, like... No. Um, and That's I think not that, even where babies are. Yeah. They're in... <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I... It just comes I mean, from that. if you're a reader, I would see a doctor. Yeah. I agree. Um, so it just comes from a lot of that and, like, a lot of, like, the information that is spread through, like, the very biased media, especially, like, the right-leaning um, media. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like it's very violent and aggressive and like they don't actually realize like even though Planned Parenthood does provide abortions they also provide a lot more like they help do cancer like services for people with testicular and um, ovarian cancer they also do like STD testing and pregnancy planning and birth control and just like so many things that are just so like imperative to reproductive health and like I mean you know it's just a lot of like ignorance that comes from like that side of like sure. being against it and so. yeah i remember talking to someone and they were like oh i used to support planned parenthood but then i found out that they like to ter- they want to terminate all pregnancies and i was like that's just like yeah incorrect it's yeah factually false yeah and there's been like a lot of like rumors spread about planned parenthood um especially mm. with the founder margaret sanger mm-hmm. um especially because a lot of like, her work began with people of color, especially, like, in the 30s and mm. the 40s, and they kind of accused her of being, of trying to sterilize these women, 
um, when in fact that was just not true. It like they have like a whole thing on their website about like how everything like was false, like all these rumors and yeah. So, I mean, people can think what they want, but half the time it's really false. I would honestly argue that Planned Parenthood does more to keep pregnant women healthy and yeah. to make sure that people have healthy pregnancies than they do to end pregnancies or prevent mm-hmm. pregnancies. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, people like to ignore that. Yeah, and but. I've heard stories where people were, like, teenagers and they thought they were pregnant and, like, they went to Planned Parenthood and Planned Parenthood didn't prevent, like, didn't pose abortion as the first option. Like, yeah. it was a lot of, like, okay, like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to keep it? Like, here are your options for that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't want to keep it, here are your options for that. Yeah. So, you know, they don't just, like, go straight to abortion. Like, that's not their answer to everything. Yeah. yeah. As people might think it is. Yeah. And it's, it's so weird that people think it's that's the only option. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so I have to sift that question just because we already answered it. Um, did I ask about the stigma around abortion? No. No. Okay. Um, oh, wait, no, we, we just kind of answered that, I think. I, yeah. Okay. Um, why is the issue of abortions so important to both of you? Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I mean, just as, like, a cisgendered woman, like, it's still something that is Mm -hmm. impacting me, but I also just think in terms of keeping people healthy and, like, having, you know, dignity, like, it's just important to provide that kind of access, especially if you're a victim of sexual assault. Like, not everyone wants to, you know, bring a baby into the world with someone Mm -hmm. who did something so terrible to them. And, um, And I just think that providing people that choice is just so important and like it was made a constitutional right by the supreme court in 1973 so it should stay that way and like i think that it just shouldn't be a question anymore like it's being legalized in asia and south america and in ireland and all these countries that are really conservative so i just don't know why it's such an issue anymore like it should it's just not our choice it's the person's choice and it's their privacy and their right to do what they want so yeah yeah I agree, and again, like, I'm also a cisgendered woman, so it is something that could potentially affect me in the future, which obviously means that it matters to me, but I also think that forcing someone to carry and give birth to a baby, even if they're not planning on keeping it and they're going to put it up for adoption, is inhumane and cruel, because giving birth is not this easy thing that you can just do and it requires time and money and potentially time off work which not everyone has the luxury to be able to do and you need a support system and you need to be able to afford all the medical care and the clothing that you would need when you get you know further along in your pregnancy and if you're keeping the baby that's like a whole other world of expenses um and you know people act like it's a very easy thing for someone to do yeah and regardless of the decision they make it's not an easy decision like even yeah, if they put nobody enjoys an abortion yeah, yeah i thought that's mean, like it's do, very because... it takes an emotional toll on yeah. the person who gets it oh, like for sure i see jokes on the like on instagram and everywhere like 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 about women getting like six abortions a week which first of all is just like not physically possible yeah and like they just act like it's like a punch card kind of thing like Mm -hmm. they'll get like a free one at the end like and i just think it's crazy like (laughs) it's a medical procedure an invasive medical procedure and like it's it's not an easy option to begin with like even just making that decision is hard 
So I think like there's just a, it, the language that is used to talk about it on social media and like in media in general, it's just very like it's aggressive and mm-hmm. it's false and like it just it doesn't portray it in an accurate light. Yeah. Um, which is something that we hope to change. And then but. they'll be like, oh, we'll just put the baby up for adoption. But that's an equally yeah. hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's been proven that that's traumatic for both the mom and the kid, which yeah. is not to say, like, I was adopted. So that's not to say that adoption is a bad thing. Like, that's certainly a very valid option. But you never even hear these people advocate for adoption yeah. like they'll be like well don't get an abortion but like okay well then advocate for people you know taking in foster kids or yeah. adopting their children instead of having biological children but you don't see that yeah. so I think it's just like a very very complicated issue and having There's I, a lot of layers to there it. is and I think that it is very very hard no matter what a mother decides to do yeah and I think like there's just a lot of lack of empathy when there it comes is. to like thinking and like a lot of people who advocate against it like they're just very worried about the child and they don't really also think Mm -hmm. about like what happens after the child's born like like the financial situation like the situation of the parents like are they like alcoholics or drug addicts or like abusive like there are just so many things and a lot of people Mm -hmm. who choose to have it choose to not bring kids into the world because of those things and I think it's just people like don't think about that yeah and like it's also like Kim Kardashian had, like, a health issue with her first kid. Yeah. Where she yeah. almost died because the, her organs were shutting down and they had to do, like, a mercy. Like, mm-hmm. So I think that's just, like, people don't think about it in any kind of way like that. And, like... Yeah, they think it's very straightforward. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. I need to turn my text off. I turn... Do not disturb on. It's okay. That happens to me a lot. I swear, it's literally Ben Parenthood. That's so funny. <laughs> they they <know>. knew. <laughs> um, why do you think there's a resurrected movement? Is that yeah? Why do you think there is a resurrected movement to hinder a person's right to have an abortion? Um, I don't think there was ever a time where there wasn't. A movement yeah. for it. Like, there is a year, there's like an annual, like, March for Life, not to be confused with like March for Our Lives, um, every year in Washington. And like, I've known multiple people who attend and like oh, very no. much like advocate against it. And like, oh, and you know, there's always been these loophole laws like the six week ban and like, like the yeah. heartbeat, like, whatever heartbeat law. Um, where like Human if it has, life production yeah. And, like, there's always those billboards when you go to, like, Middle America or, like, flyover states that's, like, you know, choose life or, like, a baby, like, grows eyeballs at, like, whatever weeks. And, like, so I think that there is always something there. And, like, there have also been, like, abortion clinics that are posed as abortion clinics that provide these things. And then they actually are, like, these religious services that try to, like, really convince people to not do it and they don't even provide abortions. Yeah. And then there's also states that have, like, either no abortion clinics or there's, like, one and, like... It's, like, a crazy process to even get one. Yeah. So I think, like, there just never was a time when there wasn't one. I think just now that since there was, like, a media circus surrounding the bans that happened last spring with Georgia and Alabama, and then they tried to do one in Missouri, but it was blocked. I think they blocked them in each state, but, like, it just depends on how much media it's getting. Like, there's always going to be one. Yeah. It always just depends on the media and, like, what they cover and, like, so... I think especially with, like, our current um, administration, folk, there's a lot of focus on it right now. Because yeah. I think this has always been an issue, and I definitely think that, like, 
with the presidency as it is, there's probably, you know, people feel more incentivized to enact abortion restrictions or laws that will limit women and Because they think they can get away with it. Yeah, exactly. But... I think it's always been, like, a very prevalent issue. Because I remember, like, probably, like, before Trump became president, I think, like, even during Obama's presidency, I remember, like, hearing about, like, women and being harassed on their way into... Like, I I read this story by this woman, like, who got harassed, like, trying to just go into Planned Parenthood. And, like, you'd hear about people, like, trying to just go to Planned Parenthood to get, like, birth control or, or... to get like testing done and people would think that they were getting an abortion yeah. they weren't but they'd have to have like people walk them in yeah they have so, like, like escorts yeah so i think it just like it I kind of about, like escort you know, people pretending to be escorts oh, and, then, and then like yeah that's and crazy then, like, trying to, you, yeah you still have a way out yeah i like when i was in chicago a few years ago i saw someone like protesting oh, against gosh. it I was just like, you know what, like, whatever, like, it's just one person, like, they're just being crazy on the corner by themselves, like, we're just gonna let them rock. Yeah. (laughs) So weird. Um, do you think Planned Parenthood should receive funding from the government? Um, definitely. I mean, so Title X was where they were getting funding from the federal government, and then they were kind of cut out of that. Um, and just if you don't know, Title X is the federal, like, grant that is it's put aside it's the only one that's put aside mm-hmm. for family planning and like reproductive health care services um so they were receiving a large amount of their budget from the federal government but i there's just so much backlash from like people and also just from like these crazy like white like men politicians not even just men but what men and women yeah. politicians mm-hmm. who are very like against abortions and reproductive it makes it so much worse when it's women because yeah. it just it's, I, I know it's like embarrassing because it really is. they use them as like a pawn to be like you know she doesn't do it like yeah, why should I you know. like um so I just think like it, they should be receiving some form of federal funding like mm-hmm. they can't it's really sur- yeah and like they can't survive on donations alone like you know people can only give so much and like we spend so much already on, like, defense and, like, these crazy things that we really don't need to be spending so much money on. And, like, you yeah. know, the president uses taxes to go to Florida and Mar-a-Lago and, like, all these crazy <laughs> things. So, like, you know, I think we can give a little and, like... I think, like, the misconception that they just provide abortions or that's, like, their purpose is yeah. really fed into why they are being defunded or yeah. are defunded because it's healthcare. Plain and yeah. simple. They do provide abortions, but that's just one of the many things that they do. And considering how people who could not afford to get a lot of this done or might not have access to a lot of places that they would be able to afford, having something like Planned Parenthood where it's very widespread, hopefully, and they have, you know, at least one in every city, yeah. hopefully, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's more of a chain that provides access for people who can't afford to just, you know, go get, like, their prenatal care done and go get testing done because that's expensive and people need that access. And I think people forget that Planned Parenthood is very, very important for people who are not just, like, your upper-middle class, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like, the language is just, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Like, it's just, like, and with all the rumors spread, like, about... 
like the head like selling baby parts and like like doing all these like un- like black market things with these like with these children That's like it's so weird yeah have you heard about that no they like they have this record i don't even know i think it's fake but who knows like they have this recording of some- you don't even see the face of the person and it's them like at some meeting like being like well feet are like x amount of money and like hands are like this and like the body is this and i was just like this just makes it so much worse for like everyone who just like is he fake it's been debunked i'm like 99.9 percent sure um just because i don't think that they would also (laughs) there would be a lot of legal action taken if that was true and like like i don't most people get an abortion their baby is like not like very developed. Like, yeah. you're going to yeah. sell all the individual yeah. parts People think of it's this like baby that's, like, trimester. the size of my And also, why would you want individual parts of a baby? I, it's so gross. It, yeah. it, the logic is just not there. Yeah. I'll pray for them. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, like, I can understand, like, the fear that comes with it. And, like, yeah, I try to be very, totally. like, understanding of the other side. But I just think at one point oh, it yeah. just becomes, yeah. like, you have to just be, like, empathetic to people's situations. Yeah. Definitely. If you guys could say uh, one thing to like the president or like your, or legislators, what would you say specifically about abortion access? That is such. We're never going back. Yeah, we're never going back. Yeah, no more. It is a right. Yeah. People need this access, and the repercussions of not giving them this access are far worse. S- far worse than. Allowing someone to have it. Yeah, and I think there we don't even understand the full repercussions for yeah. some people. Because for some people, it might just be, you know, they didn't want a kid, and that's totally... They could might be able to take care of it, and they might yeah. not have any issues, but they don't want a kid, and that's fine. Like, that, they're still valid in wanting to get an abortion, and for some people, it could literally be life or death. Yeah. And that's not just for people with, like, health issues with pregnancy. That's for women in abusive relationships, yeah. or anyone in an abusive relationship. Or, like, people who can't afford to feed their kid. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just so much that goes into it, and the repercussions are so drastic. Oh, yeah. And people really, really need... We need our legislators to protect those people and protect their ability to live their lives, A, the way they want to, and B, the way that is safe and healthy for them. Yeah. Before protecting this idea of I guess like life and like pregnancy and because that's great but I think these people already have their lives you know laid out coming before that you know yeah definitely Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's it okay (laughs) (laughs) if you guys want to plug anything um, our Instagram is at baking for our rights, and then my Instagram is Sophia Jane with two N's. Cute. And then my Instagram is Kaiyulani Lee, K A I U L A N I L E E. If you can't remember that, you can find it through the Baking for Our Rights Instagram yeah. or Sophia. I'll link everything down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I, really, I really appreciate it. And I think it's, this was such an interesting episode for people to hear. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to listen. Awesome. Um, thank you it. so much. Thanks, for Thank you guys.
Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I had so much fun talking to the girls and I really hope you will check them out. Um, a little announcement is that Teen Speak Up has recently started an ambassador program. I will leave the application down below in the show notes, but I would definitely appreciate you guys um, applying. I think that would be so cool of you guys to do that. Basically, the um, what we expect of you if you are an ambassador is to post like twice a month on your Instagram story just about the work that we're doing and why um, teen advocacy is important teen advocacy is important to you so if that's something you're interested in definitely be sure to check that out once again we are um, fundraising for our retreat happening in spring or summer we'll give you more information on that soon but please promote that and help us fundraise it would mean a lot that's also an ambassador um an ambassador responsibility to help us fundraise and get the word out on that but yeah we definitely appreciate all of your support and teen speak up has been growing so much in the past couple months already um halfway to our goal uh, for 2,000 followers by the end of 2020, and it's January. So we're so, so, so grateful. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope to see you all next week. Very fun episode with another climate justice activist. So see you guys next week. Bye.